0: The misogyny on TikTok is terrifying. Like it's, you know, it's like a whole, especially like I'm trying to break into the rock scene more. Um, and not so much like the Blink 182 side of it. I'm, um, you know, I I don't feel that connected to pop punk, but more of like, you know, like, I don't know, like the the Mitskies and the Sir Chloe's and you know, like, like that kind of realm. And um, especially coming from like more of a pop lane, like and transitioning into that rock thing, especially after like getting off of a major label, like mm. I, I get a lot of like industry plant accusations. It's a very like protected community, which is fair, you know, like there are a lot of, especially now with like the influx of like people just using rock as like, um, uh, prop to like be trendy, you know, versus like mm. having context and having like passion. For real rock music, that's like a trend I'm seeing. So I understand the gatekeepy nature, but people get really, really, really defensive, especially when women come on the app and are like, Hey, I make rock music. And you get a bunch of like, like rock bros and the comments being like, you're fucking industry plan. Like you don't know what the fuck uh, you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. this shit is ass. Like, but you know, I was in the DIY scene in high school and the punk scene and stuff. And. I was making pop music and so I've been called a a poser and a sellout like ever since I was like 15 you know yeah. so I'm kind of getting used to it now
2: what a dated phrase to like a sellout or <laughs> like a poser like that feels so yeah but that was a thing That's, and how yeah. quickly it's like completely become not a thing like if anyone's saying a sellout it's like yeah what are you talking about you don't like having a career you don't like it's like people? you're 60 aren't you <laughs> and you never ha- you never got the job you
1: wanted the the punk scene's been reckoning with this as long as i can remember i was um i mean like if anyone anyone listening is old enough to remember like when against me signed to a major label in like what 2003 or something like that and like she's like yeah like we were completely maligned by the diy scene after that and she was just like look we're just trying to pay our bills like that's all this is um and and there's just like su- such ire like directed against that. It's crazy.
2: Mm. Well, I think people feel like a really strong. They feel like this really warped sense of ownership over bands. Mm-hmm. And I think you brought up Mitski, and I think that's something we're seeing now that's really fascinating: is watching her fans, kind of like she has a very strange, intense subset of fans that feel like they have this connection to her that doesn't really exist. And so I think that hasn't really changed in some ways in terms of this ownership or entitlement that fans have toward an artist who's just a human, you know, Mm. but now it must feel great for you when you have to go through all the rejection therapy to have memes made that say who needs therapy when you have Chloe Lilac, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That, well, it's definitely, it makes me feel like I've really earned You know, it makes me feel like I'm earning the plays and I'm earning, especially being an independent artist, like, like I'm going out and I'm self-promoting. And so if people like if people are shitting on me, like I'd rather them shit on me than not hear my music, you know,
1: any
3: Mm -hmm. publicity is good publicity.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but it's (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that in the cancel culture.
3: Yeah, yeah, not anymore.
0: Yeah, not anymore.
1: (laughs) Hey, you're part of the conversation.
0: I, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I think that whole tramp stamps thing, if you guys remember that from last year, did you guys watch that controversy?
2: Refresh it for people who don't know. Refresh us. <laughs> like me.
0: On TikTok, there was this, there was this, um, very kind of, I don't want to like start beef for anything, but you know, very kind of like curated, like weird, like we are trying to appeal to like 13 year olds who like pop punk, like Mm. girl band um, of women in their like mid to late 20s who were like dying their hair and just kind of using the punk aesthetic because it was, Mm. you know, as like a prop. And um, they wrote this one song, I forget what it's called, but it like blew up on TikTok in the worst way. And everyone jumped on them so fast. (laughs) And it was so crazy that um, Anthony Fantano talk is that his name he talked yeah. about it about like yeah. music blogger he talked about it and he's like massive it was is a great, but i think that was like um a really interesting case study on like you know like cancel culture within the punk scene and like gatekeeping and if you know when is it necessary and when is it overkill like it's hard it's hard to tell especially in the age of the internet um like it's like okay like Maybe maybe I don't know them, but maybe these women were like trying to use punk as a vehicle to get success. But like, you know, is that like punishable by like death threats or is that (laughs) just like, oh, like, I'm not into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really interesting. That situation was really fascinating to me, like watching that go down. And that's actually my worst nightmare watching that happen. I was like. Thank God that's not me. <laughs> like, I was
1: like, "Oh my gosh, that's so scary." I don't you
0: know, know. It's just, it's kind of unpredictable when people will go off and about what.
1: And it's just it's so crazy to me because like for me the if if you notice something that doesn't vibe with your sensibilities or maybe you're thinking like, "Oh, they're just trying to use whatever is a vehicle, don't listen to it." Like you, you don't that's it's not for you.
0: People just get so fired up on the internet so i think that's you know talking to like my artist friends and stuff i think that's like one of the hardest parts about self-promoting online is like you know you can you can get jumped on that fast you can wake up one day and the whole internet hates you Mm -hmm. because you wrote a stupid like silly song you know like so there's a lot more like weight to everything especially if you're trying to break into like the pop punk or the punk scene and you're Mm -hmm. not being 100% authentic about it and you're not like hardcore and like coming from Mm -hmm. the group you know
4: Yeah.
1: but even
0: now there's like less of that happening you know it was like a time and place thing I think for that band
1: I feel like we're kind of talking around the subject but I think like there's a very very good example very big example of what we're talking about and uh, his name begins with M and ends with Y you know who we're talking about
0: Um... (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was thinking about him
2: yeah I like how you said we're talking around it and then didn't say the name. Yeah, well, we're we're continuing <laughs> to not talk it. about it.
1: <laughs> yes, I understand that he is a controversial figure, and no, I don't think it's authentic. And yes, I just think he's trying to like start beefs to 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 get his name around there. But you know, I like some of his songs, and I will listen to them unironically. And we've talked about this before. Like, I don't think we at the pod believe in guilty pleasures. It's just pleasure. Like, why do you have to feel bad about what you like?
0: It's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I something I've been thinking about a lot, especially in my own music, is, you know, context. And, like, you know, with that fast food music thing, like, I, I, like it's fascinating to me, like, the way that rock is being, like, or pop music is being rebranded as rock music right now. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And... It's a lot of, a lot of people like Machine Gun
2: Kelly. I'll say his name. Oh, wait, Um, wait, M and Y. I thought we were talking about Moby. (laughs) 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 Sorry, cut Continue. Uh,
0: I've just been thinking a lot about, like, I think what makes me angry as a true student and fan of rock music my whole life, um, like. I don't know. I think, I think what's, what's like, la- I always like wanted to ask like, cause I would, I was one of those people who would get angry about it. I would never send someone hate, but like, it does kind of piss me off sometimes when people, and I had to like, think about it. And I was like, why am I, why am I getting angry about this? You know? Cause it's like at the end of the day, it's someone creating and it's someone expressing and that should be celebrated always. I feel. Unless if it's hurting other people, and Machine Gun Kelly is not hurting anyone, so like, why am I angry about it? Um, and it's not just specifically Machine Gun Kelly; it's kind of that whole wave of people just kind of you know coming into like the rock scene. And I think it's the lack of context and the lack of understanding. And they listen to one pop punk band, and that's it. Um, and so it's it's kind of like I feel like rock and roll has this history of like like I don't know like like it's hardcore and it's like you work really hard and you know it's you know it it its roots are blues and like that comes from like you know like pain and like
3: your life has to suck if you're gonna understand how to do this
0: yeah you know and it feels like people are just sliding into it and it and it's easy you know and it's like you know and they're like oh well you know there's no depth there's no historical context to like any of the stuff they're making they're just like blink 182 and that's it not acknowledging any of blink 182's references or like influences mm. or not acknowledging anyone else from that time period you know so i think that's mm. what bothers me the most when people make real references and don't just like take stuff at a surface level that's when i respect it as a as a like fan and student of rock but i think that's that's like, I don't know. I don't know if that relates to what, what you were saying, Anthony, but I, I don't know. I was, I just, I've been thinking about that so much. And I, I was talking to my mom about it too. Um, Cause she's also like a huge rock fan and, you know, I get a lot of my stuff from her and my dad. And um, yeah, we were having a lot of conversations about just different artists that are doing that and why we both get so like heated about it. I think it's, I don't know. But then it's also like, why do you have to suffer in order to feel in order for your art to be valid? You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I wonder what that says about me that I, you know, think that that, you know, like, why do I feel that way? You know, mm. it's interesting.
1: No, I mean, we we talked about that only a couple of weeks back. I mean, with with a niece, because w- he is a very positive artist. Go listen to him. Like he he makes really good indie rap music and all of his stuff is just so uplifting and joyful was the word that he used and we were talking about like why is sadness and suffering considered the only place where you can find depth in art
0: you know there's so much complexity and positive emotions too i think i i agree with that i that's something i've been thinking i had a really interesting talk with my friend about that a couple months ago where you know i fall into that trap a lot as an artist like You know i'm like oh well you know i've been through this and like that makes my art and my experience like more valid than like you know other people who haven't been through this experience and like Mm -hmm. i think that's that's bullshit and that's just like ego and that's whack um and something that i need to work on as a human being to not project onto others and like project onto art especially and i also think that's the problem not the problem but kind of the I don't know. I'm going to go with it. The problem with punk and like the problem with DIY culture and the gatekeeping aspect of it. I love punk and I love DIY culture, but I feel like, you know, they, it's that same feeling of like, you have to suffer and you have to be tortured in order for your art to be recognized as valid, you know, like that's yeah. so lame. <laughs> and,
1: and I like and- that. Like I need to stop being like that, you know? And there's just like this big kind of hypocrisy there. Like I'm thinking specifically um, Laura Jane Grace when she was talking about coming up in the DIY scene and like the ire that she and against me got when they they quote sold out when they signed their record deal. She's just like all these kids who are like part of the DIY scene are like trust fund kids. They can afford to not work. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm nobody from Gainesville, Florida, and I'm just trying to like make a living with my art.
0: That's amazing. I mean, same shit happened to Jawbreaker. I was talking to my friend about this, my friend Andy, who makes a lot of my music with me. um, We were talking about this the other day because he like, he showed me Jawbreaker. I'd only listened to like one of their songs and they're amazing. And there's so many, you can hear their influences in so many other bands that come after them. But anyway, he was telling me that like, you know, they're like this punk band and they're from like the punk scene, like in the nineties. So they were like, really, you know, like like hardcore and then they signed with a label a major label i forget which one and um they put out their album Dear You and it's like their best album this is all uh, like from Andy by the way this is Andy's words not mine but
3: um
0: he was talking he was like telling me about how they signed and um like the the backlash they got from the punk and the DIY scene was so bad that their band broke up and they couldn't enjoy making music anymore oh. which is so sad like wow yeah. that that's so sad you know that's sad that like like that's the culture that's bred versus like celebrating and enjoying art you know because isn't that what the diy and punk scene should be about it's about like creating and you know accessibility and all that you know like it's you know suggested donation shows so that you can see art more so why are we shitting on artists once they like start to succeed, you know, mm-hmm. interesting.
3: Do you think there's also like an aspect of jealousy to it?
0: Absolutely, like, 100%, that's what I experienced. Um, yeah, right. And especially like as a woman, there's that element of like, people were in in the DIY scene that I was in, people were, who had never even like met me before were saying that my dad bought my record deal oh my god as if my dad's bezos my dad's an architect Like, <laughs> you know like what like he has no music industry you know what i mean like yeah like he like what like you know thanks for thinking i'm that rich but
4: <laughs> it's, there's
0: that element of like if i was a dude i don't know if that would be the same uh, there would be the same amount of like backlash, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wonder that sometimes when I think back on that time, I'm like, it happened a long time ago, but it was really it was like incredibly invalidating. And it was all these kids who like, didn't know me and didn't listen to my music. So, you know, yeah. and if they yeah. did They listened to like half of one song. And they were like, this is trash. And I was like, because it's not black Sabbath. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird, man. It's, it's a weird culture. <laughs>
2: It sounds like the energy of someone. Yeah, the name one Black Sabbath song energy. I yeah. The shirt, you know.
0: 100%. Wow, dude. Can we I a really
1: like-
2: Black Sabbath t-shirt,
1: name all of their albums in order. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think there's definitely like this feeling that's always been there of, of people feeling like everything is corrupted in some way and finding something mm. pure. There's this obsession with finding something pure, right? Like something where the band, it came straight from the band. Because in a lot of ways, everything is corrupted to some degree, right? Like there is this corporate specter looming over everything, and so male manipulators. I I totally get. All roads lead back. (laughs) I, I I know, like I think I understand that instinct to a degree of like wanting to find this pure thing and feeling so connected to something like that, but it's it's also a little naive, I think, obviously, right? Um, but yeah, like right now. Like, what's that big trend going? Like, the big Twitter trend is right now is, you know, the, the format of, like, never ask a man his salary, a woman his age, and why this person's name is blue on Wikipedia, or why their parent's name is blue on Wikipedia. I just saw that. <laughs> and, it's, and it has to do with, like, nepotism. It's like, never ask this person why their dad is uh, famous or whatever, right? And so it's totally, like, a it feels like a very bitter meme format you know it's like everything's nepotistic everything's rigged you know
0: yeah i i've noticed that too it's a big thing on tiktok i'm not as active on twitter but tiktok i'm constantly on it and people are like especially i don't know people just talk about how like you know oh and the whole entertainment industry just has nepotism babies that's not true like first of all every industry has nepotism so Mm -hmm. let's start there but You know like having like the entertainment industry it's no secret that the entertainment industry is absolutely full of you know people with well-connected people and people you know especially like how do i say this like being a working artist is almost impossible without some sort of family backbone if you're not you know full-time working artist uh without you know some sort of financial savings or like Mm -hmm. some sort of like thing. Um, You have to have privilege in order to to be a working artist. Like that's just, you know, like a full time working artist, like having a part time job that's different. But like, you know, so that's I think people are really bitter about that justifiably. And I think that says something about the music industry and that we need to like um, we need to take care of our musicians and our like just the end of the people in our industry better. Cause I think a lot of people are upset and a lot of people are justifiably like, you know, suffering. Cause it's, it's a really expensive industry. There's a lot of money in music, you know, and I'm sure there isn't like so much in film too. And you know, the entertainment industry in general, it's like a lot of money laundering and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, we need to like create more living wages for artists so that we can have more, I don't know how that would even happen, but, like I there just something needs to change so that there can be more accessibility. Cause right now, like obviously people are upset justifiably though. Like it's like you have to have some sort of, you know, I come from an upper middle class family. Like my parents can help me out with rent if I can't pay it one month, you know, like God, you know, God willing, they won't have to. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And so it's like, I wish there was some sort of like guaranteed like fallback or like healthcare or anything that came in music. You know what I mean?
1: Artists union. We need to unionize all musicians.
0: We totally, we need to truly though. Like we need healthcare. Yes. Truly we need healthcare.
1: So do podcasters. Get us healthcare, Mitch.
0: Please. We need it. We're suffering. <laughs> it's so, it's bad. I'm
1: going to tie a quick bow on this. Let's do another Quick little edition of hashtag mood. Who's ready? Let's do it.
3: Yeah.
4: (laughs)
1: Thank you, Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for that song that I'm sure is going to be bumping at all the skate parks pretty soon. Oh, yeah. What is hashtag mood, you ask? Hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we're going to do right now is go over to the Tunes and Tumblers hotline where Drew has selected a voicemail for us to listen to from a fan and or friend of the pod. We're going to listen to it and we are each going to pick a song that matches their mood and our inbox has been pretty full for a while, so Drew has had his pick of the litter. Let let us see what he has in store for us today.
4: Hi, Toons and Tumblers crew. This is Anthony's mom. Oh my God. I'm a big fan of yours. Of course, I'm the biggest fan of Anthony because he's awesome. But I decided that I should give you my hashtag mood because although I'm not your regular demographic, I really enjoy your show. (laughs) So I want my own hashtag mood playlist. Here's my mood, and it's been coming up a lot lately. Um, I'm a teacher, I'm a high school teacher. I teach mostly freshmen, which means 14, 15 year old boys and girls. I'm very um, happy to be a teacher Sometimes and other times not. But there are times when these kids get on my last nerve. Now, here's an example. I spend a long time giving them ex- an explanation of what they need to do for the day, and I get at least six or seven or eight of them coming up to me after my explanation saying, "Uh, what am I supposed to do? I then question my choice of careers. Um, Luckily, Um. I don't get that all the time. There are times when I'm happy to be a teacher. But for those times, for those times when the kids are on my last nerve and I just can't stand it, can you give me a playlist to listen to that will help me? I'm not sure whether you're going to do it in such a way to to get me out of it or just to reflect my mood, but I know you can do it. I think you guys are really talented and I hope to hear my own personal playlist. Thank you. Bye, Anthony. Bye, Mom. (laughs) Oh, my God,
1: Drew.
3: (laughs) That's adorable.
1: Uh, Is this the first time we've had a family member call in?
3: I think so, yeah.
1: Wow. Thank you, mom, so much for sending this in. Um, I'm sorry that you're having to deal with this. I do know, however, guys, that she's retiring at the end of the school year, so she's oh, almost, nice, almost nice. out of it. Um, I can kick off this one uh, when things get overwhelming for me, especially now. Um, I've been meditating for a while, and a lot of times it's just about giving yourself space, space between the feeling. And what you do, and just breathe, just breathe by Pearl Jam, um, uh, one of their later songs, I think like two thousand nine, but it's just it's this acoustic ballad where Eddie Vedder is telling us just to breathe, and it's it's beautiful. There's also like I think like a pan flute in there as well. So great stuff. Go listen to it.
0: Um, there's this one song. It's called "Gooder Than Before." and um it's just like there's this very the whole album i really suggest you guys listen to it it's amazing and it's really creative. it sounds like a collage like a sonic collage and it's um it's all about living in the moment um but gooder than before is just like i'm feeling better than before and it's kind of like this like silly song where he's just kind of playing guitar and he burps. I don't know. (laughs) It's like, it's a good one. It's just a very playful light album. It's like the perfect one to listen to if you're like cleaning your house and it's like a nice day. And then you go get like a smoothie or something, you know, it's a good one. When I'm feeling down, I listen to, to let it happen.
3: Nice. Um, So this one (laughs) that uh, I chose is sort of to help maybe, I mean, it's frustrating. Kids are, kids can be tough to deal with. Um, this song will hopefully help, you know, maybe, maybe it'll help her see it from their perspective. Um, they should have been listening, but you know, if things are tough, life is a nightmare. I'm just a kid by simple plan. We'll let you know just what they're going through on a day-to-day basis. Um, things, things, things can be pretty, pretty awful when you're a kid. So, um, yeah, just, just to help maybe see both sides of, of the situation a little bit.
1: Taking it back to our pop-punk discussion, Pedro.
2: And also, if these kids give you any trouble, just give us their address, and it won't be a problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I have a pick um, from the artist Pharaoh Sanders, purveyor of spiritual jazz, and it's called The Creator Has a Master Plan. And it's a really uh, <laughs> nice kind of celestial, um, reflective piece of jazz and there's a master plan and there will be peace and happiness for everyone and um i think it's a good one to vibe out on and to meditate on and even when it feels like your kids it all feels hopeless and they're not gonna um get anywhere in life and fuck everything up there's a plan there's a master plan (laughs) um so yeah vibe out vibe out on that one that's my recommendation there's a a lesson plan trust the lesson plan (laughs) there you go the creator has a lesson plan beautiful (laughs) all right the
0: song that always chills me out when i'm pissed off is the man and me by bob dylan
2: Mm. oh wow
0: that's that's a good one
2: I
4: like that. Oh, I
0: would suggest that. It's a good, it's a good, like, cool off, like, all right, let's listen to Bob Dylan for a second. You yeah. know?
2: <laughs> what a wonderful feeling. Right? Um, that's the, also the opening of the big Lebowski, right? Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh my God. I got to rewatch that. Wow. I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Wow.
2: <laughs> there, There's a great line in there too, where he says there's a, um, I'll do nearly any task, uh, as for compensation, there's a, oh, what is it? Well, anyway, yeah, that's a great, that's a great pick. <laughs> Listeners look
1: up the lyric for us and, and text it to the tunes and tumblers hotline at, uh, six, two, six, six, zero, four, six, four, seven, seven. Um, also give us a mood at that, that number or a word or a, or a word.
3: Yep. Oh my God. Try to make it at least a complete sentence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all for listening to tunes and tumblers tunes and tumblers is an atwood magazine podcast and a member of the pantheon podcast network be sure to follow us on every platform also please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts it helps us out so much also go into that episode description scroll to the very bottom you'll find a link there where you can directly support the pod every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks Tunes and Tumblers was produced as always by Drew Franz Blau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers.
2: Cheers. Cheers.